Can you say this with me? Zoom out. Come on, zoom out. Oh, you're so good. You know, I used to hate it when people used to say, when I was a congregation member, say this with me, you know. But, you know, sometimes what we have to do is, is kind of get a thought into our mind because the enemy is going to try and distract you from this message tonight. And you might be looking at something so closely you can't see what it really is. Please take your seat. Be friendly to somebody as you sit down and watch the screen. And I'm going to ask you, oh, this is a shout back film, by the way. I'm going to ask you questions and you feel free to shout out what you see. Thanks, guys, if you play that video for us. So what is it? Somebody tell me. Somebody shout out. It's a chicken. What is it? It's a farm. farm it's a toy farm who's that is that snow white oh it's not a real toy farm it's a picture of a toy farm no it's a magazine of a toy farm hang on we're on a yacht How many of you thought we were on a farm? Oh, we're not on a yacht. We're on the side of a bus. Somebody shout out, zoom out. Actually, we're not on the side of a bus. We're in a living room. No, we're not in a living room. We're in Arizona. Oh, we're not in Arizona. We're on a stamp. my worst church film some of us have got to zoom out and see exactly where we are 
what's going on, what's going on in our lives. If you watch David Attenborough kind of nature films, he'll always talk to you about, and the fish can't be seen because it's got camouflage. Or in the bushes, there's an insect that blends with the leaf. That's my best David Attenborough voice, I'm sorry. Well, what a hard crowd you are, you really are. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want an applause, I just wanted a smile, okay. I'm gonna try and cheer you up tonight, at least. I mean, after all, we are in church. We do win, I've read the end of the book, it's okay. And throughout nature, there's lots of camouflage. In fact, some of, some of you wear camouflage trousers, don't you, and things like that. And in nature, there's lots of things that say, let me blend in. Actually, it's the same in spiritual life. Sometimes in spiritual life, you need to get God's perspective from his word and zoom out. And sometimes in spiritual life, you need to understand there are some things that are camouflaged that you can shine the light on. Now, when some people teach like this, it's as if you can't know what the enemy is doing. You can know what the enemy is doing. You do just have to expose it with the light. Part of our Keys to Freedom course says this. Freedom is a choice. It's something that you choose for. It takes surrender. It takes a soft heart. There are differences between treatment and transformation. And you can have transformation if you will say to yourself, I really choose to be free. And I wonder tonight, all through this service, I've had a little troubled spirit that there's one or two people who are not doing from the inside out. They're just saying they're fine, but actually you need to choose for freedom. And the danger is that we just settle for looking okay. We just settle for coming to church. But actually, some of us are in three traps of the enemy and three tricks of the enemy. So tonight's message is traps and tricks of the enemy. I'll do them really quickly, but Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said that the, in uh, verses 3 and 4, he said that abide in me and I will abide in you. Remain in me, I'll remain in you. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. But our connection to Christ, if we are strong in that connection, and if we'll expose some things by the light of the truth, we can definitely begin to see our freedom come about. This is what Jesus said. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, I will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And what you've got to do is begin to say, 
A bit like earlier, I was almost trying to truth bomb you as a congregation, is to begin to say, share some truth. Who knows whether what you shared earlier with the person was the thing that would really break something in their life that's been holding them. And so tonight, I wonder if you could allow me to share some traps that we fall in. And we we talked about these on Wednesday nights. I'm going to do those really quickly. But I want to share something from the book of Genesis about three tricks that the enemy often plays with us. Don't be like the kettle that's unplugged. Where you fill it with water, you forget to plug it in. It's useless. Begin to plug into Jesus and his truth and these things will be exposed and your freedom will come. One of the real components to our freedom is that we need to claim it. Here's the first trap. One of the traps of, of the enemy says to us, I've tried God and it didn't work. Now, I've tried God in some things. I want to tell you about a story of when I was seeking guidance when I was 14 years old. I became a Christian when I was 14 years old. So I had not got much experience. And I got a piece of carpet because I really wanted to know God's will. And I took it outside in my garden and put it down And I said, God, I want it to be like, there's a story in the Old Testament uh, like Gideon. I said, I'm going to put this fleece out before you, and in the morning, Lord, I want it to be dry, and I'll know that this is what you want me to do. Actually, it is what I wanted to do. So I could hardly sleep that night. I got my square of carpet out on the lawn, and I wanted it to be dry. So... um, uh, like in the story in the Bible, there's a Bible where Gideon puts a fleece of a, a ram or a goat, I can't remember whether it was a ram or a goat, and he puts it out there and, it, and it's dry and all the ground around it is wet. And then uh, later on he puts it down again and, and the fleece is wet but all the ground around it is dry. So I thought, right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Did it. 14 years old, piece of carpet. I mean, I didn't think it was appropriate to kind of kill a a sheep from the farmer's field next door to my house and do the actual fleece thing. So I put the carpet out, and I put it down there, and I laid a fleece before the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'm praying that this carpet is dry, and that I know what to do. And in the morning, the carpet was soaking wet. (laughs) But the trouble was, all the ground around it was soaking wet. So I thought, oh, this isn't working. So the next night, I hardly slept for two nights. The next night, I said, okay, Lord, this is what we'll do. Make the carpet wet, but all the ground around it would be completely dry. I thought, this is biblical. This is the way to find out God's will. You see, I already knew what I wanted to do. And I was already just trying to blackmail the Lord into convincing him that this was the right thing to do. Put the carpet down, went out the next, the next morning, got up really early, and the carpet was soaking wet, and all the ground around it was soaking wet. I thought, Lord, this doesn't work. It's like the Lord was saying to me, doesn't work when you already know what you want to do. But I could have said, I've tried God and it doesn't work. 
And you've had experiences in your life where you've tried God. And indeed, lots of great things happen on a Sunday. But actually, sometimes God doesn't want to just give you a fleece and an answer straight away. He wants you to process and learn his ways, learn his voice. Could you imagine if the Lord had answered in that way? And I know it was in the Bible with me when I was 14. Would I have ever learned to trust the Scriptures? Would I have learned to hear his voice? Some of you are really disappointed in that story, aren't you? Some of you are thinking, what a crazy pastor, you know. But actually, when you're young in the Lord, try some stuff. Because God will teach you through it anyway. What we all need to understand is that we're all on a journey and he wants to teach us some things. And so if you're disappointed in God, can I say this to you? Commit to the process because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. I learned loads through that experience. I learned to read my Bible. I learned to hear God's voice inside my, in my own thought life and inside my own spirit. I learned that it wasn't external guidance, that God would teach me through counsel and through wisdom. So I learned a lot through that, even though I thought that this wasn't working. Are you here today and you're a bit disappointed in God? God's trying to teach you some things. He's trying to show you that even when you don't feel it, he's working, as the song says. Can you hear an amen, someone? <laughs> Trap two, sometimes we say to ourselves, I've got to clean myself up uh, before I will really get to know God. You know, I, I posted something this week on my, on my Twitter feed. Uh, I'm not saying you have to follow me on Twitter. That isn't an indication, by the way, uh, doing that. But one of the things that really spoke to me was, one of my friends posted something. I reposted it, and he said this. He said, some of you are saying to God, oh, just give me a second chance. And what you don't realize is, you didn't deserve your first chance. He loves you anyway. You don't have to clean yourself up first. You just have to come and accept that God loves you and he wants to do things with you right from the get-go. I wonder if tonight you're here and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I need to get a bit better before I serve God. In our human way of thinking, in our logic, we think that judgment is always the way. But I want to tell you something tonight. There's mercy, and God wants to speak to you and use you. It's untrue. You can come. It's untrue that you have to clean yourself up. You can come as you are. I wonder tonight, even if you're an experienced Christian, is if while I'm speaking in your spirit, you could begin to say, I want to come closer to you, Lord. And that some of the barriers begin to drop down. Jesus said it this way, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus' words. Take my yoke upon you. You know these words. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus didn't say, get your act together and clean up first. He said, come. If you want to walk in freedom, one of the other traps that come to our lives is that we often think to ourselves, I will always have issues even 
uh, though I follow Jesus. Now, parents are really bad at this. I remember my mom. Now, uh, let me tell you about my mom. You know, and I know some of you know my testimony of leading her to the Lord and, and uh, all of that. But my mother used to say, oh, you'll always be the same, our Mark. Oh, you'll, always, you'll never change. And actually, she's speaking something over my life that wasn't right. You know, when I was a teenager, I had something called dyspraxia. Uh, it, it means you're really clumsy. You can't judge distances. I don't know whether you know uh, about that. And say, oh, you'll always be clumsy, our Mark. Oh, you'll always do that. Don't, 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 don't let people speak that over your life. I am still a bit clumsy, actually, but it doesn't matter. God loves me, and he works with me, and he, and he wants to do things in my life. And I just wonder whether you've allowed your parents or significant people or people to speak over your life that say you'll always have issues. Of course we have traits in our life. One of the great things about my mom was she was really generous. Ah, oh, she would give away her last pound. She really would, and I, I think I've inherited that from her. You know, that I try my best always to be generous. Try and be really kind to people who serve me. But don't let some of those things that you think you'll always have issues stop you from walking in the freedom that God's got for you. Because we're not into just treatment, we're into transformation. Pastor Ed this morning used the scripture that says, Behold, if we're in Christ, we're a new creation. Look, what this means is, in you, when you've come to Jesus, the very inner fabric of you is changed. All those family DNA is sanctified, changed. All that ancestry and history all that background changed. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's not that it doesn't affect you. But it's touched now by God. So begin to understand that even though you're with Jesus, yeah, you may have some issues, but as you pick up some of the keys, and you begin to use them and open the door, you can be free. And that one of the things in our world right now is, is that people want to tell us that everybody's untrustworthy. And of course, our media doesn't help. But what it translates down to is, you don't think that you're trustworthy, that you might blow it in the end. But I want to announce to you tonight, in Jesus there is freedom. And for some of you, it's an old message, but it's a message that you need to hear again. Everybody in the house, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Let's go right back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. There are three components here of uh, temptation that I want to just, uh, just highlight to you. In fact, I want you to zoom out, and maybe it might be something that you might understand that the, the enemy is trying to trick you with. We talked about three traps. Here are three tricks that the enemy tries to play on your life. Genesis chapter 3 said, says this, 
When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good. Now, let me just say to you, the man was with her. Okay? So I don't want anybody thinking, oh, this is just a woman problem. Okay? The man was with her, and he was going, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Nodding alongside. Okay? Now, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, trick number one, and was pleasing to the eye, trick number two, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, trick number three. She also, she took it and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it as well. First of all, the enemy is always going to try and trick you that you can't trust God for your basic needs. He's going to say, let me satisfy your basic needs. Your basic needs, good for food. The things that you need, food, clothes, shelter, all of those things that we worry about. And actually, God knows that we need them. Your Father knows that you need them. But every single person in this room is often tricked to think, you know what, this God stuff isn't working. I need to get my own stuff. And yet Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, food, clothing, shelter, will be added to you as well. Now tonight, there might be some of us in this, in this room and maybe some people watching online where you think, you know what, I'm struggling at the minute. When you're struggling, it's a time to press in, begin to have faith, and to be a bit more faithful, and to say to yourself, God's not punishing me, he's stretching me. I'm going to steal Kathy's thunder at the Flourish meeting in June. She's going to talk to you about a comfort zone, a stretch zone, and a snap zone. You need to live in your stretch zone. You don't need to live in your comfort zone. Oh, Kathy's going to so tell me off for sharing this because this is her teaching. You need to live in your stretch zone and you don't need to go to a snap zone. If you tonight are in a place where you think, I just don't know how I'm going to be taken care of, you need to ask for help. But one of the tricks that the enemy says is, I can provide your basic needs. Second trick that he does is that he says, and what he said to Eve was, is see, the woman saw the fruit was good for food and pleasing to the eye. In that the enemy always attacks us with our reputation or the things that add attraction to our lives. He tricks us to say, look at that, that would be good, and if you did that, it would make you look good. That's one of his tricks. We're concerned with reputation. We're, we're concerned with how things look sometimes or how we come across. It's one of the biggest enemy tricks that in wanting to project what is pleasing and acceptable, sometimes we do that which is simply wrong. 
I wonder today in our social media world whether or not you are being tricked into say, this makes me look good, and everybody's thinking, I don't look good. Now, of course, one of the things that we uh, are troubled with is we're not self-aware. And we need to be aware about how we're coming across. But what we don't need to do is to say, I need that external thing to make me look good. Actually, we need freedom from the inside, and from the inside, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, uh, and self-control, and goodness. Sorry, got them in the wrong order. Those are the things that bring you to the place of freedom in God. So don't allow external things just to make you look good because it's a trick of the enemy. Last thing. The enemy always promises benefit or improvement that he cannot deliver. I really want to speak to you just to maybe the deepest motivations of your heart. Remember what Eve saw this and he said it was also desirable for gaining wisdom. She didn't gain wisdom by eating the apple or whatever it was, a lemon or whatever the fruit was. She did not gain wisdom. She lost her innocence. And what happens with us is that the trick is that the devil always tempts us, or temptation is, this will improve me. And yet the Lord is saying, no, my word will improve you. The way that I am will improve you. Stop looking for improvement. Now, let me speak deeply into your motivation. You need to eat, live, love, be happy, be fulfilled, have purpose. And our work lives are really important for all of those things. But your work life can't deliver all those things. It can only be a vehicle for you to express your godliness in, in God, and then your work life will be in balance. If you put your job as the thing that says, this is my significance, eventually you will feel and become insignificant. One time, as I was coming to the close of my time as a, a Bible college student in Germany, right at the end of my Bible college, I was so excited about being a minister. I mean, really excited. Being a minister is my dream job. Sometimes it's a nightmare, not a dream, but it's a dream job. You don't believe that, do you? But sometimes... It can be quite challenging being a minister. But it's my dream job. It's something that I feel called to. It's something that, that God's placed on my heart to be. But right at the end of my Bible college, I'll never forget the evening when God said, Mark, I want you to lay it down. And tonight, 
I'm going to ask you to lay some things down. And when I did that, somebody came and prophesied over me and said, take it back. And it's just been a seminal moment. And I'm going to tell you that story in various versions for the next few years. Because sometimes when you're a family, don't you like a good repeat story? See, when I was a young minister, I never used to repeat my stories. But now I'm a bit older, I think, oh, we're family. We always like a good story. But I want to say to you, from my heart to your heart tonight, don't look at what the enemy may be promising for your wisdom and your significance if it's not from the Lord. Because deep in your motivations, that's what he's trying to trick you to do.